Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Podmageddon! Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Hey, yo. I'm Jimmy the Executioner. I'm the Wrench. And I'm Methane Max. And welcome to this episode where we're going to talk about the rubba dubba dubba e the rubba dubba dubba e a couple weekends ago was money in the bank the most recent pay-per-view event what'd you guys think of that pay-per-view i i thought it was okay i the ending was not expected on my yeah uh behalf like i, I didn't really see it playing out necessarily that exact same way because we don't have any recorded, documented proof that I said otherwise, I knew the ending was going to happen <laughs> that way. exactly the way it happened. I believe you. So the money, I knew it. the actual Money in the Bank match. <laughs> ladder match. That was actually a, uh, a pretty ladder good match. match. Yeah, the, the ladder match, I think, was the highlight, the Money in the Bank yeah. ladder match. They had probably the best workers that they have in the company right now in that match. Uh, a lot of really talented guys, Chris Jericho, uh, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, yeah, yeah Sami Zayn. Zayn. Yeah, you had, um, you said Chris Jericho, right? De- uh, Dean Ambrose. Ambrose. Um, Dean Ambrose. Dean. Uh, Alberto Dorio was Dean in there. there. There was pretty much the best of the best guys that are not holding the, the uh, world heavyweight belt. Mm-hmm or in contention for the world heavyweight belt were in this match. Pretty much everybody that would be going for their the intercontinental belt. Yeah. Some really good spots in that match. Um, yeah. generally. And you know, and that's the thing about ladder matches. In recent memory, I can only think of maybe one ladder match that was a stinker. Generally, they're all really good. They're usually pretty good, but yeah. also thinking back to a lot of the ladder matches and money in the bank matches and things like that, TLC matches uh recently within the last couple years they usually have the best workers that they have in the company working in those matches so that's is it because it's a ladder match that it's good or because they always put the best guys in there i'm sure it's a combination of uh of both because most of the time you're not going to have a ladder match if you're uh, my assumption is you're probably not going to be involved in a ladder match if you suck well there's (laughs) always something on the line that's true so, uh, Money in the Bank gets won by Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, Mr. Ambrose. Money in the Bank. And now earns a shot at the uh, World Heavyweight Championship anytime he wants Inside within a the year. the briefcase, a contract. Yeah, and, and he has a year up to, uh, to use it, right? Yeah. Yep. Really, the big news of Money in the Bank came uh, in the main event where... Uh, Seth Rollins wins, wins the championship from Roman Reigns. Pins him. Yeah. Pins him. Pins him. One, two, three, straight up. It was actually a really good match, yeah, too. It was. I, it was. I, I, I really very enjoyed that match. match. And I thought the ending was good, too. Yeah. And hats off to Seth Rollins being out for uh, as many months as he has been with his knee injury um, and everything. Like, he came back, didn't really show too much ring rust at all. Yeah. Caught a good groove, uh, was playing the audience pretty good. Um, well, and I'm sure it helped being in the ring with, uh, with his buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Roman Reigns is good in the ring. For all oh, yeah. the other things that he might get knocked down for, the one thing I, I personally 
think he uh, is able to do is to go in the ring and, and carry a good match and give you a good match. Um, and especially since he's in there with somebody as good in, in Seth Rollins, I'm sure we all knew, all three of us knew, this was going to be a good match regardless. It wasn't going to fall short. And it was. It was a good match. Yep. So Seth Rollins wins, and then all of a sudden, Dean Ambrose isn't going to wait to cash in that money in the bank. Comes out, wins the championship. Dean Ambrose is now the World Heavyweight Championship yes. of the WWE. Pins, uh, pins Seth Rollins, hits him in the head with the briefcase. Old score to settle there between those two. Oh, All three yeah. of these guys, members of the Shield. And would you like to do the honors, Max? I would like to point out that with Dean Ambrose winning the World Heavyweight Championship, all three members of the Shield, within a two-year span, has now held the World Heavyweight Championship. Which is huge, because when you think about two years ago, um, you were hoping something like that would happen. Yeah, and you was, never really knew if it was just because of... Um, it was really getting traded back and forth between John Cena and uh, Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah, you, you kind of felt like you were on a treadmill for a while there, and you didn't know when they were going to step off mm-hmm. and uh, let somebody else jump on. You know, obviously, Seth Rollins was the first one to get it out of the three of them. Had and it held it for the, the longest. Injury. Yeah, had mm-hmm. it, had it, never lost his belt technically. Um, well until Money in the Bank, where he got pinned for it. Yeah, so so Dean Ambrose gets the pin, is now the new World Heavyweight Championship, mm. WWE World Heavy, Heavyweight Championship. Um, and now, now, all three members of the Shield will be involved in the World Heavyweight Championship main event. Of Backlash. Well, all three members of the Shield will yes. be facing off in a match for the World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, wait. No. Actually, one of them may not be there. Uh-oh. Uh, oops. What you... <laughs> Somebody didn't hold up their end of the bargain? Uh-oh. Did somebody get hurt again? No. N- nobody got hurt. Well, maybe some feelings got hurt. What? No injuries. No injuries this time. What happened? Roman Reigns has failed the WWE wellness program. He tested positive. They didn't say for what. It doesn't mean steroids because they, don't, they don't have to. Uh, what? It doesn't have to be steroids. What? It doesn't have to be steroids, but he failed for something. Well, he's certainly not getting dinged for IB fucking proven. What mm. the hell? Well, we do know that uh, Adam Rose just uh, tested for Adderall, which he says he had tested for throughout a year that he had been taking it and for some reason they suspended him because of that which then led to adam rose quitting so uh we know at least adderall is one of those things in the wellness well, program that you can't maybe take. we can get back to adam rose in well, a second here enough. but what we, happened we <laughs> so obviously he's suspended now. he's suspended um i'm not sure if this the suspension is going to go past uh backlash to where he now won't be able to compete in that main event uh or if his suspension will be over just before the pay-per-view uh i guess we'll have to continue to watch raw and smackdown and see how it plays out so as uh, as it all stands right now it's roman or not roman uh seth rollins versus dean ambrose most likely now way to drop the fucking ball what do you think he tested for you think it was steroids he's he's not that big of a dude he does look a little bit bigger 
I noticed his chest specifically at Money in the Bank. I'm not saying he's on steroids. They, I don't know that they've officially said what he tested positive for. I will say I. Uh, he looks I'm like gonna he likes to smoke weed. One. Yes, you think so? Yeah, probably. He's, he's a weed smoker. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, he's got to he's got to relax on the weekends. He's got a medical card for it. I don't know what the fuck's the big deal. Yeah, you guys just don't like me anyways. I'm not a bad guy. Until, I'm uh, just a high guy. <laughs> until I hear uh, further notice, I, I don't, I, yeah. I'm not going to make any real it's assumptions. It's all speculation yeah. now. We don't know what he tested positive for. Yeah, it's speculation on what he tested for, but it's... He did fail the wellness program. Fact that he failed the wellness program. Yes. The wellness test. Which is interesting, because he's... The he's one of the biggest guys right now in, in WWE. Guy. You know, he's the guy they've been pushing as the guy that's going to take the place of well, John Cena and carry the company. And he was he's the last one of guy. the highest paid guys that's there right now. Yeah, well, and he was the last guy to hold that belt. But the whole thing is now is well, you both notice as much as anybody else, and and that is wrestling is a crazy industry. And if you slip up, yeah, anybody else can slide in there and take your spot. His reputation was a little shaky anyway, only because the fa- a lot of fans seemed to feel that he was given this opportunity and that he didn't earn it. So there were a lot of people booing Roman Reigns even leading up to this. Yeah. And now that, you know, the people that were on his side can see that he's on He's on drugs. Basically, if you don't know what he tested positive for, all you can know is he's on drugs. He's on drugs. Right. Which is a hugely vague statement. Yeah. Well, and especially for the people that feel like he's been forced upon them. Yeah. That's not going to translate even. I fall in the category of people that believe he was pushed too soon. I personally believe he shouldn't have gotten the push that he got uh, as quickly as he got. Hmm. I was happy that they were pushing Seth Rollins. I was not happy that they weren't pushing Dean Ambrose, which now they are. But Roman Reigns just didn't feel like a complete package to me. Yet. Yeah. And I I understand why they were pushing him. Lineage, he's got the looks. Not really the charisma. I think they pushed him wrong. I, I've always thought that about Roman Reigns is that Whatever his character is supposed to be wasn't entirely clear. They uh, they did push him, especially in the Shield, as he's a guy that stands up for justice, you know. And so he kind of fits that role of a guy that could fight against good guys or bad guys, but he's always standing up for justice. But that kind of got lost in that he now it's just about he's a guy, he's the guy, he's working for the spot, yet he's still wearing tactical pants and a vest. And, uh, you know, it's it's not really clear what his character is supposed to be. And I think that that confusion is really what made people not get on the Roman Reigns train. I could see that. I could see the fact that, especially when you hear or listen to his promos, yeah, the guy comes into yeah. his promos a lot. It I seems... am the guy and you want to be the man. I am the guy. And, yeah, when you start doing that, it, it can kind of wear thin. And, um, well, and a lot of it, too, is just like to uncertainty fair, of direction. To be fair on that point, he does have a creative team writing his shit for him. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with him. They just they, knew yeah, that they, he's the guy that's going to be on top. They don't necessarily know why he's there. And see, the thing is that all they hear are the boos, and they want to get him over. So what they're going to do is they're going to write shit for him to 
try to make people get him over. Yeah. Thus the I'm the guy thing and, you know, always trying to, you know, push the whole buddy buddy thing yeah. and, you know, I'm the, I'm the cool laid back guy. Yeah. yeah. Tough he, guy. He really seems more like the strong silent type of guy. And he was kind of like that in the shield too. The other two guys did a lot more talking and his was always very short and sweet and to the point. They should have left him like that. Even though he was the champion, he should have been a guy that was always very... Few words and just go in there and kick ass. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to come in here and kick ass. But then they started throwing in this thing that actually John Cena uh, picked up at a certain point that really made me not like John Cena that much. He's dropped it a little bit at this point, um, but it's the whole sarcasm. He's very condescending to people. And when you're supposed to be a good guy when you're the baby face you can't really talk to people with disrespect like that because it makes them seem like a dick yeah well john cena john cena even still does that now he does it a little bit um but i guess maybe because he's not in the the big spotlight right now uh he's not doing it as much his kind of thing with aj styles he didn't really cut aj styles that much as far as like when they're talking to each other so maybe he just has to get put in with somebody that he can talk down to. Here's a, here's a very interesting question because uh, they have, you know, announced a few weeks ago actually um, that they're going to be splitting up the brands, basically right. the two shows, because uh, you have Monday Night Raw and then you you have, you, you have SmackDown, which is now moving to Tuesdays. Yeah, correct? first they announced yep. that SmackDown will now SmackDown's always been filmed on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, so now they have announced that it's going to be aired on Tuesdays on USA the day after Raw, uh, which, you know, a lot of things come to mind. I'm sure we all had the same thoughts as kind of like, wow, Monday and Tuesday. Yep. That's a lot of wrestling in two days, especially if I'm not sure if they're going to cut Raw down to two hours or if it's going to remain three hours or if they're going to make SmackDown three hours or leave it at two hours. I don't know. Well, if you think they have a monthly Sunday show. Yeah. So you have Sunday for four hours, Monday for three hours, and then SmackDown, I assume, is two. Yeah. Although now that they're going to be two separate entity shows, you would think that the shows would have to be the same length. You would hope. Yeah. Maybe. I mean... Uh, and I'm hoping that they cut Raw to match SmackDown. Yeah, I, I think Raw should be two hours. And I know that Triple H himself has even said Raw should be two hours. So with WWE having this, you know, ridiculous lineup, uh, this ridiculous roster, basically the best talent in the world, oh, yeah. is signed to WWE right now. And, uh, well, they have NXT, yeah. which they're training guys, and you're seeing some next-level talent like you've never seen before because they're mm-hmm. getting every yep. everything you need to become as good of a wrestler on television and live as possible. They're getting it. So they're getting these hybrid young guys coming up from NXT, and the more that keep coming up like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns, and all the ones that have come up recently, uh, it's starting to get a little too stacked to where some guys aren't getting the push that people think that they deserve. Well, and, you know, how long... And there's going to be more guys coming up from NXT. Yeah, well, you got Samoa Joe and Finn Balor and... Uh, I mean, there's, there's, I guess the list can just continue yeah. to go on and on and on. It, the roster is just going to get more and more stacked, and the guys that aren't quite cutting it that might be a little bit on the weak side are going to start falling to the wayside, as we're seeing happening right now. What do you guys think about the 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 brand split? Like, do you 
Do you think that they should have their own champions? Do you think that the championship should be shared? You know, and, and only the champion should be able to kind of go from, from show to show and everybody else stays kind of a mainstay of that of that single roster? Or what do you think uh, should happen? Because they have done the, the brand split before yeah. in the past. They had it and, for a long time. And, and, and the thing with that, though, is they didn't necessarily have the best talent yeah. in the world the way that they do now. Yeah. They had talent, but the thing is, is like the brands were split up so much where like you, you really got worn thin. There wasn't enough yeah. to go around. There was a lot of guys that couldn't really find a place. And with two shows, two separate rosters, uh, it seemed like you were kind of getting stuck with a lot of the main event guys a lot. So it was always the same handful of guys uh, on the show. And then just kind of like a gaggle of failed characters that would come and go. That was how it used to be. Uh, what do you think, Max? Well, <clears throat> I, for one, am not thrilled about the whole brand split. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I did not like the brand split to begin with when they originally did it. Mm-hmm. And see, my whole thought process is, uh, like you mentioned, you said guys are getting lost in the fold. They're using the same guys. I think that problem falls directly on the shoulders of creative. And we've talked about this on podcasts before. Yeah. Where, you know, we've said creative has failed guys like the Wyatts mm-hmm. and, you know, just nonsensical things about store like the the most recent one being the the Montreal screw job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Natalia. They've actually kind of fumbled the women's division since they've unveiled the belt, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in a lot of ways. And see, to me, a brand split right now, I can I can see your point that they have an influx of fantastic talent coming in, and this would uh, theoretically help them be put on a stage that can help push them more to the audience. Yeah, guys However, stuck in mid-card would then be able to move up to the main event easier. Right, theoretically, right. Yeah. However, the way that I see this happening is it's just a creative shortcut. See, when the brand split happened originally, you still only saw those main event guys. Uh-huh. Everybody else was this kind of mid-card for those two separate shows. They put their big guys on... Obviously, the bigger guys and the champion was on Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the guy who was considered the second champion. Mm-hmm. So we'll say Triple H on Raw, John Cena on SmackDown. Yeah. As an example. Which it was for a long time, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's how it was done originally. And the storylines didn't do anything to boost the mid-card. All it did was just, well, now we have Triple H's storyline over here and John Cena's storyline over here, and now we can take big guys like Randy Orton from Raw, move them over to SmackDown, take guys like The Undertaker from SmackDown, move them over to Raw, Mm -hmm. and then we can just shuffle them that way, and it looks all brand new because it's not on the same shows. I, I think the way that they're doing it this time around is that there are two separate managements that are going to actually run Raw and SmackDown, two separate sets of creative writers, and you're going to have different commentators. You're going to have Mauro Ranallo most likely still on SmackDown, Michael Cole still on Raw. And one of the the main things that actually makes me excited for the uh, brand split is that I won't feel obligated to watch Raw and listen to JBL and Michael Cole anymore. I won't have to watch it because I'll be only watching the the storylines and uh, the superstars 
on the show that I want to watch with the commentating that I want to hear. And I won't have to feel like, well, if I want to continue seeing what's going to happen, I'm going to have to watch Raw too. Uh, I could just avoid that now. Or, I'll just watch one show. And and I apparently they're going to have separate pay-per-views too for each of the different shows. Or you're going to end up watching a show with wrestlers that you don't particularly want to see with commentary that you want to hear. And all the wrestlers that you want to see are on Raw where Michael Cole and JBL are shitting all over them. Well, with how stacked it is right now, um, it, it'll be hard for that to happen because I want to see a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I a would lot say... of the guys that I didn't really care about that much are kind of going away. But see, everything that you had mentioned was already done in the previous brand split. Yeah, but they didn't have the talent then that they have now. Well, sure, but again, talent does not matter if you don't have the creative mind behind it. And I feel like maybe this could work, but if they had the creative minds behind the talent the way that they should do, they shouldn't need a brand split, period. Because they should be able to find a way to incorporate everybody into separate storylines that still intermingle with each other so that if John Cena decides he's going to end up in a feud with Dolph Ziggler, it's going to mm-hmm. make total sense. I think what they're trying to do, and, and this is this is kind of obviously weighing out the, the pros and cons, the balance of a brand split. It's a lot when you have two wrestling shows in one week. Yeah. And, and the thing is with that is now you have to kind of play out certain storylines certain ways where whatever may be the main storyline on Raw may not necessarily see as much time on SmackDown right now. Um, well, the right, main, that's, that's what they did the first time around, too. The whole thing that I'm looking at is uh, just because, like, well, take, for instance, like uh, the Intercontinental Championship right now, which is typically everybody in title contention for that belt is is one of those guys that has an opportunity to step up and actually wrestle for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, and right? if the rosters are split so, and you have half the guys in the show... And oh, you yeah. could see a Cesaro wrestling for the championship well, or and whoever. See, this is where like I kind of come in. Like I completely understand where, where you're coming from, uh, Max, and I also understand where you're coming from, Wrench. I think if you cut the brands, it makes the storyline a little more um, singular. And the reason why I say that is because now you're getting typically one show that's dedicated to this brand once a week, mm-hmm. which um, can thin it out. And it can also add a little bit more importance from show to show instead of well, if it didn't ha- if I didn't happen to watch SmackDown, I could just watch or if I didn't happen to watch Raw, I could just watch SmackDown and get yeah everything I want on SmackDown, well, and, and I don't need to watch Raw. Uh, a lot of SmackDown is just replays of what happened on Raw too. Yeah, in in a lot of yeah. Um, but see, and that that leads directly into my point. Mm-hmm. Why are we recapping Raw on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. When we could just be adding more creative things to SmackDown. Well, now they're going to be able to do that. Because you have two shows you have to fill. A lot of that is uh, since... Because you have the talent. This is a weird thing. Is they have the talent, but it's almost like they don't necessarily know how to spread it out properly. They don't. It's why they have Fatal 4-Ways just about every single pay-per-view event for the Intercontinental Championship instead of just two guys going at it. It's because there's more guys at the top that they're trying to continue to stay mm-hmm. relevant than they have room for. And it's, see, hard and to, it's hard to get guys to feud, too, when you're having most of the matches are these big, like, six-man matches or four-man matches. You can't really get a lot of uh, heat between these guys because it's always a bunch of guys fighting each other. And I understand that. Yeah. I, I can totally see that. But, again, 
that's where my point of Cre- creative needs to be creative. Well, is creative creative now? Not necessarily. No. Well, then if you split it up, they'll be able to focus more because the creative will be split up. They'll just be on SmackDown. They'll just be on Raw. They won't be doing Raw and SmackDown. It's going to happen the same way that it happened last time. Raw is going to end up being the better show because the more creative of the less Cole creative and JBL guys. are doing commentary. <laughs> well, commentary barred. Commentary yeah. aside, let's just say commentary aside, as just a storyline with the, the wrestlers doing their thing, the last time the brand split, Raw became the flagship show, as it always has been, because yeah. it's the baby. You know what I mean? Well, and it's mm-hmm. been the longest running show. So well, Raw existed before SmackDown. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so all the top writers are going to go to Raw. Most of the top stars are going to go to Raw. And, you know, they have the whole draft bullshit, but we all know yeah. that that's, that's not a random act, it folks. Me- it means as much to you as the Slammies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know that necessarily the best writers are going to go to Raw. They want to push SmackDown. They're moving it to a new day. They want people to watch it. Uh, it has the better commentators as of right now. I think that uh, they're going to give SmackDown as much as it needs to succeed. But see, why are we pushing a show? We should be pushing the talent. Well, this is a better way for the talent to get pushed. They're going to get more time because there's going to be two separate shows. You won't have to worry about John Cena or, I mean, not even John Cena, but it's going to be Roman Reigns in the main thing on Raw and SmackDown. Now he's just going to be on one show and it's not going to be Dolph Ziggler and uh, or like uh, the Golden Truth versus Goldongo or, or whatever the, <laughs> what <laughs> is it? Brizongo? Brizongo. I like Brizongo. Brizongo versus the too. Golden Truth on Raw and SmackDown. Now it's just on one show. There's going to be more opportunities because there will be less guys taking up both shows. There's going to be space cleared up. Do you think they should have separate championships now that they're That's splitting the, the brands? Part. Or do you think they should have the champions go from brand to brand and only the champions be able to go from brand to that's brand? That's the hard part. That's that's the part I'm really conflicted on. Because if you have the, the heavyweight and the intercontinental, maybe for a while the heavyweight is uh, on, uh, on Raw for a while while the intercontinental's on SmackDown and then maybe number one contending ship they kind of switch brands from pay-per-view to pay-per-view event i don't know like that's the weird thing they did kind of the same thing in the first brand split before they introduced the two titles yeah the world heavyweight championship essentially stayed on raw yeah and then the united states championship since the intercontinental title nobody used to wipe their ass back then yeah the united states championship which was john cena's championship became smackdown's unofficial heavyweight championship yeah let me make it clear. I don't want double titles. Yeah, I don't want double titles I either. I don't want it. It was bad when it happened. I thought it was stupid and it lasted for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I see the same thing happening here where they have one title on one show and it stays there. And then they have another title on this show and it stays there. I like the idea of having a champion go between shows. What would be a, a great idea, creative, is if... You had the champions that can go back from show to show, but if they lost the title to a specific superstar, they stayed on that show. Yeah. And then the champion would go back from back. show to show. Yeah. I, I think what they should do That'd be pretty is interesting. keep the world heavyweight title as the main title. The superstars that hold that title are on the show 
that, you know, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, if they're a SmackDown superstar, well, then the world title is on SmackDown. Or if they're a Raw superstar, then it's on Raw. And I think that what that could do is open up uh, more importance on the title where you could have guys on Raw and SmackDown uh, facing each other to find out who's going to be the number one contender for Raw and SmackDown and then have the Raw and SmackDown superstars face each other and then whoever wins that would then face the champion and then whoever wins would then take the title to whichever show. But they kind of did that too when they, they used to have the brand split Royal Rumbles where you had half the entrance were Raw guys, half the entrance were SmackDown guys. The winner of that match would go on to fight so and so. The champion of their brand. Well, they don't even need to do that. They could do it like how Lucha Underground does. I was going to say, or WMAC Masters, where there's one dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a champion on each brand, but whoever wins or gets their contending ship against the yeah, main champion, which is brandless. That. Yeah. The, the, the main champion should be brandless. It shouldn't be raw or SmackDown. It should be WWE. I and agree. Then, I don't, I don't think the title should stay on shows. Yeah. That would be interesting. But see, by that logic, now you're going to have to have a raw champion and you're going to have to have a SmackDown champion to fight together to get for the brandless championship. Aztec medallions, I'm telling yeah, that's you. What, that's what the happens, same thing. Aztec medallions. You don't well, yeah, have to give him a championship. You all can just this say time he's the raw contender. He's the SmackDown contender. Well, right, but they all the time that you spent building yeah. up the Intercontinental title, the United States championship, meaningless. That's huh? not true. There's a, there's a two-hour show. You can have uh, the United States championship on one brand and the Intercontinental on the other brand, and those would be like how they are now, the secondary titles and you know the, the mid-card main event. Yeah, but nobody's going to give a shit because they're only going to want to talk to... They're only going to want to be involved in the match to become the number one contender there's, to there's fight so for. There's so many wrestlers, plenty to go around to put into all types of different storylines. Yeah. You could have like six guys, six out of, let's say, 30 that represent that brand that are in the, you know, we're fighting each other to get the number one contendership. And, you know, if one guy loses, well, then he's not in it anymore. Yeah. And so then you could have another six guys, let's say. So that's 12 guys out of 30 that are involved in Intercontinental and the heavyweight. Okay, but it goes back to my original point of you're going to have the same top superstars involved in the same storylines. They're not going to push any of the mid-card guys the way that we would like them to. I don't think it's as specific now of who's on top. I I think that there's plenty of guys that could go up there and plenty of guys that can go down. I will say... I, I, it, since the, I mean, look, they're doing the brand split, regardless of like yeah, regardless whether of we how think it's everybody it else is, feels about yeah, it. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. You and you can also sell it this way: the the guys who become or ladies who become champion, the wrestlers need to be working champs. Yeah, yeah. so I, they I think, need um, to be on every show. Uh, I think it would be great for the women's division to split the brands like that too, because we're seeing a lot of. Uh, and it, and I know that your point of view is just being more and more solidified in that uh, Charlotte Flair is just not her matches are just not exciting enough. Whatever it is, the way she's being pushed or whatever choices that they're making, her matches are just they're not as exciting as everything that was building up to her becoming the champion. Yes. And uh, this would allow people like Bailey, who they're keeping in NXT because they don't really have. Uh, really big baby face to take her place when she leaves this would create opportunities to bring more 
women up from the developmental territory mm-hmm. uh, so that you can have more a much more interesting uh, women's division where it's not just Paige and Sasha Banks and, you know, how many do they even have right now? There's like se- seven, maybe eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they need more and they need to have just one champion. That See, that's another thing that's interesting. When they do the brand split, because of how few women they have in it right now, uh, they couldn't have two women's championships. I think they had two before, right? When they had the Raw and SmackDown, they had two different women's championships. I think what, and what, they had what the women's was, and divas, divas, that's right? when the Divas championship came yeah. about, I believe. Yeah. So they don't have enough to do that. So it would be interesting to see if that somehow factors into whether they have two main championships for the men. Well, see... They did that. They did the same thing with the tag team titles. Yeah. When they split the tag team titles, or they made two belts, mm-hmm. as to say, they didn't. They have didn't enough. have any yeah. tag teams. But then they, before uh, the brands mixed together, they had already unified the tag team titles. Right. That was the first title to where they're like having two titles doesn't work because they just didn't have enough tag teams. Right. Now you're even seeing. There's more and more tag teams coming out, which is which is good, which is exciting because the tag team division was always a very exciting part of, you know, wrestling from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Tag team was always a big part of it. So it's exciting to see that they're focusing on that a lot more. We'll see how the brand split goes. We'll see how uh, the pay-per-view splits go, so on and so forth. Uh, with... OK, before we before we cut it off, let yeah. me just let's just do this pay-per-view. Jimmy. Yeah. In your opinion. If you were in charge of the WWE right now, right now, and we can't change the fact that there's going to be a brand split. Yeah. How would you do it? Like we said, we had the, the brandless champion. That's the way I, if I'm going to make it work, that's the way I would make it work. Every pay-per-view should have a title defense and a, uh, th- my opinion, or at least uh, uh, a number one contending uh, match. There shouldn't be matches just thrown out there anymore. I, I feel just for the hell of it on pay-per-views. Single pay-per-view or split pay-per-views? Both uh, brands in one pay-per-view. I mean, you have a four-hour show. I don't ever think you should have a four-hour show dedicated to one brand because you're, you're going to spread yourself out thin, like super thin. Three hours on Raw with what we have now is way too long with uh, what they have to work with. I think if you're doing a pay-per-view, you split the brand or you you have both brands participating in each pay-per-view, but they represent their own their own brand. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, that's where I would go with it. And Wrench, you said uh, what do you think about this? I I think that well, now now that I think of it, if if you're have the brandless champion, now you you're convincing me now of this. Uh <laughs> If you have the brandless champion, he really is the guy that represents the company. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think my mind has just been changed. I'm for the brandless champion who's represented on both shows, and then you have a Raw and a SmackDown uh, sort of not champion, but a number one contender who then Raw and SmackDown have to face off against each other to find out who the number one contender is going to be to face the brandless champion. And as you said. If that champion was to lose, he would then go back to whichever brand it was that he represents. As split far pay-per-views? as the pay-per-views, yeah. I, I'm not really, I don't really like the idea of the split pay-per-views. The only uh, good thing about it that I can think is that I can still avoid Michael Cole and JBL. 
uh, as much as possible. <laughs> it's the only positive. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I'm not, I don't really dislike Michael Cole that much, but I think that the fact that he's associated with JBL and just sort of he's associated with not the greatest commentary even before JBL. Uh, I well, and he's being compared to Mauro Ronaldo, who's one of the best commentators in any sport. So yeah, uh, I, w- I would prefer to just hear Mauro and whoever else they put with him talking really fast about the the, the cruiserweight cruiser cha- classic. Uh, classic. Thank yeah, you. That's gonna be awesome. With uh, thirty-two cruiserweights from around the world, they went and chose basically the best of the best from the independent circuits and and. Uh, Brought these guys. A few of them are uh, familiar faces. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brian Kendrick, Yoshihiro yeah. Tajiri. Yeah. So uh, they're coming it's back. It'd be and... nice to see Tajiri again. Oh yeah, yeah. I was always a big Ch- Tajiri fan. Yeah, me too. And I was sad when he left. Me and too. he was a you know former cruiserweight champion. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's going to be very exciting to kind of see how all of that unfolds uh, with the the cruiserweight uh, challenge kind of coming up. It's going to take over. Uh, well, I know it's going to be on yeah, the it's WWE be uh, all throughout uh, July. Network. Yeah, yeah, all throughout on July. the network. Yeah. Nice. Well, and with uh, the cruiserweight uh, challenge, who knows? That's or right. classic, who knows what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan kind of now going into uh-huh. the mix? Well, it's uh, it's, it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Corey Graves and uh, Mar Ronaldo. Nice. What do you and think, Corey Max? Graves. Oh, I like Corey yeah. Graves. Fantastic. He's actually turned sort of his misfortune of being injured and not being able to wrestle yeah. into something really good. And hey, if they put Byron Saxton on Raw. Uh, or, or whoever, and bring Corey Graves in, I'm fine with it. What do you think, Max, about uh, the brand split, and what stance would you uh, take with it? Yep, pretty much uh, what I had said before. Not, a, not yeah. Don't like the idea of a brand split. Yeah. Uh, never was a fan. Wasn't a fan. Still not a fan. Yeah. They could change my mind if it's done right, but I don't think they will. Brandless champions that go back and forth between two shows... There you go. And I would like to see that with all of the titles, not just the World Heavyweight title. United States Intercontinental Tag Titles, Women's Championship, yeah, the whole shebang. I think that the United States and the Intercontinental titles should be on whatever brand they represent. I don't think that those champions should go back and forth. But see, then you're limiting the creative again. Because the whole point good. is to elevate the mid-card. You could almost say that the champion of raw could be the united states champion and the champion of smackdown could be the intercontinental champion and those are the two guys that face off against each other and whoever wins faces the you know the the main champion and then whatever championship that they have if they were to win the world heavyweight championship would then be vacated and there would be another tournament for that that's a good idea. The only problem that I see with that is that keeping it brandless would make it so that everybody would get a chance to hold one coveted title because both the United States Championship with its lineage and the Intercontinental title are coveted titles that people would like to hold because that they've always associated those with a stepping stone. I think that this is a test. I think that putting the shows back-to-back Monday and Tuesday with different commentators and all that stuff if they make the shows the same length, both two hours, which they might do, I think it's a test. And if you never test it, you never know if it's going to work or not. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe it will work. But you're never going to know until you test it. Well, we'll find out. So until then, though, I'm, uh, I'm Jimmy Serta. You can follow me on Twitter at JimmySerta1. I am The Wrench. You can follow me at AKA The Wrench on Twitter. 
And I am Methane Max. You can follow me on Twitter at Methane underscore Max. If you'd like to send us an email to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podmageddon at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-M-A-G-E-D-D-O-N at gmail.com. And that's the same on Twitter, except it's just at Podmageddon. You can also go ahead and follow us on Facebook. Look us up on SoundCloud. Just go ahead and type in search at Podmageddon. And make sure to go on iTunes and subscribe. Subscribe, rate, like, write a review, get us out there, let us know that you love us. Or let don't. us know what you think about the brand split yourself, because uh, you know, Absolutely. Who, who knows how this is all going to turn out. So please... <laughs> Let us know what you think about the brand splits. Let us know what you think about splitting pay-per-views. Let us know about the WWE in general. And say hi. Until then, you. folks. That Until then, this is Pod McGinn signing out. People, people. Podcast ending. You want to write it down? It's probably the heat. No, I got it. It's probably the heat. It is. It's fucking hot. It's, it's fucking hot. Shit We're almost here. done. Turn the air conditioner on. Yeah. <laughs>